All right. Well, I've been talking about dreaming with God, <clears throat> right? And um, talked last week about having faith to believe what God's going to do. And now, just tonight, I just felt like to to start something on just connecting. I didn't know what to, to call the series. Either we're going to connect or we're going to engage. But how about this? We'll plug in. How about plug in? I had three different titles, so we'll just call it we're going to plug in. But God wants us to connect with him. And I just wanted to, <clears throat> I was thinking about a few things that, you know, the Lord is wanted to, wanting for us to understand. And, and that's in engaging with him and how, we, how our lives are fixed to him. And, and um, the Holy Spirit really wants to come upon a people so that we can absolutely, completely plug in to God, okay? The Lord gave me a, an illustration through the phone. And only because I started rehearsing some of my, the old things that I experienced with God. And, and the first thing that I had a major revelation, you know, God speaks through all different ways. How many knows that? God speaks through so many different ways. One way is through encounters. If you've ever encountered uh, Jesus in a vision or encountered angels, I believe, you know, it says the Bible tells us there's actually hundreds, right, hundreds of references to angels in the Bible. So how many think it's okay? Somebody looking at me like, what's he going to say? How many think it's okay to be engaged with angels and angelic beings? Yeah, well, I think we should get used to it because I believe that the Lord is wanting to, to engage us in different ways. And if we're not open to those ways, come on, it kind of closes the doors for us in certain, certain, certain spheres, okay? But I just thought of this because when I had, I, had an I had an encounter, an encounter, I didn't have a vision, but I had an encounter with an with a amazing uh, angelic being in my office about 10 years ago. And what brought me to the thought of it again was the cell phone, but also lightning last year. I'm going to get a little weird, okay, and then I'll get to the word. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I love Jesus. Jesus is, you know, preeminent. He's the one that's on the throne. It's not an angel. I don't, you know, come on, because you start talking about angels and people get nervous sometimes. People get like, is he going? Where is he going? And so I'll tell you right where I'm going. So what happened when, when I first encountered this angel, this angel brought to me a cell phone and said, do you want to see all, all the wisdom in the world? All the knowledge and wisdom in the world. And he showed me this thing that was like just like the size of a cell phone. And it was teeming with all kinds of different colors and lights. And it was what was downloaded to humanity. And that's how much it was. Right? And as the experience went on, and I'm just going to give you bits and pieces, but when I, when I was, I, he spoke to me and said, do you want to be plugged in? And at that point, I said, I don't know. Come on, we're always quick to say, well, I'd, I would have had a conversation. Would you? Not when you like, feel like crawling under the couch. Because it was a real, it was a real experience. It wasn't something that I had a dream. It wasn't something that I kind of had in a prayer time. It was like, there's this 12-foot angel 
purple robes and majesty and all the glory of God on him. And he came to me and began to spoke, speak to me. And, he, and he, that was the first thing he showed me was the cell phone. It said, this is all the wisdom and knowledge of the earth right now up to this point. I'm thinking, that's not much. That's what my first thought, you know. And when you speak and when you're talking with angels, guess what? You don't talk. It's just like telepathic. It's, come on. Okay? You okay? Because it's going to get better. So then as, as he asked me this question, do you want to be plugged in, he just laid his hands right on my cabeza. Come on. And the power of God surged through my body like incredible, except the fear of the Lord and all the things that you would experience if the Lord Jesus was in the room just began to come on me, right? And so why, you know, why am I talking about this? Because it's, it's a perfect example of this, this little thing could actually typify us. Because how many know that there's programs on here? How many of us, all right, how many of, everyone in this room has a smartphone? A couple of you don't, I know. I know. But if you have a smartphone, they are really smart. They're smarter than me. Yeah, that's, they're smarter than me, I'm telling you. And so here, here's the thing, that we need, ever be some, ever, have you ever been someplace and then you run out of power? Hmm. It's always in the most wonderful time. Right, But I just want you to think about this because God wants us to just engage with him in a way that we understand that he is the source and we need to be plugged in to be able to understand all the things that are going on in here and all the things that are going on in here because there's so many, there's apps, right? There's apps in your phone you don't even know what to do with. I have, I have ones that want to be updated that I don't even know what they do. Serious, and you can't even get them off your phone. No, you can't. You, no, you can't get rid of them. They're ones that are just for Apple. You can't get rid of them. I'm saying all this to say God wants us to learn how to plug in to his divine power, right? So I'll go to the Word now, and we can go. We can move on, but... I had this other, you know, and I engaged with a, with I thought was the Holy Spirit in person, okay? This was last, what, summer? <clears throat> and the Lord just came, it was like lightning, it was crazy thunder, it was power, it was all power. And, I, and my whole life got jolted in that moment and in those moments, but it was the person of the Holy Spirit. And we need his presence and his power to engage in some of the things that he wants us to engage with in this earth. Because how many know if he's given us his divine nature, and I'll read the scripture. You can turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. And really the Lord wants to speak to us in this way because he, he wants us to be plugged in to the source. And I'm going to deal with the source and then next week I'll deal with community because we need to be plugged in together. I'll end on community, but we need to be plugged in together for God to bring us to the greater places. that He. Because some of the things that God's called you to, you'll never be able to engage in unless you have community. 
and we can think we can just have the black mask and Tonto with us, and we're okay. And I don't, I don't think it's okay. I think God always called a people to come into community and together, right? Don't you think it can be better together? I really do. And I, and I realize this, and what I see happening, and I read some crazy statistic that 68% of the millennials are getting lost. They're just leaving church. I said, that's, that's scary to me. And it's because we can't engage with them because they want the real deal and we want to have platforms and, you know, fake stuff going on. But you know what? Millennials and a lot of the younger generation can sniff out the, the phony baloney right away, right? Because it, they want to deal with relationship, they want to deal with reality, and they want to deal with truth. And they've got a lot of ideals and a lot of thinking, a lot of thinking on different things and a lot of thoughts on what, the way they think things should be, which, come on, if they're not in community... Nothing ever gets sorted out because they have no questions and they, they don't want to see someone that thinks they've got it all together, honestly. And so I tend to be more transparent and more like let it out, which I think helps people and it, and it definitely draws young men to me, even though they huddle in the back like that. But the Holy Spirit, here, so Second Peter, we'll just go with this now. But he wants us to be connected to him and connected to one another. Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 1. Let's just go to verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life, and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Chakabam. Glory and virtue. By which, we, by which we have been given, by which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Say promises. That through these we may be partakers of his divine nature, of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Father, I just thank you tonight. I thank you for the ability to articulate your word. I thank you, God, for every person in this place that has dreams, that has visions, that is going to have encounters in the future with you, and that you're going to blow their lives up in amazing ways. And so I thank you, God, that we're not corrupted by this age. I thank you that we're walking in the fullness of your light. I thank you that the generations behind us, and I prophesy and declare it now, will walk in the fullness of who you are in the light of God. And, Father, nothing will, will separate us from the love of the Father. And we thank you for that tonight. And I just want to talk to you about a promise. A promise is a declaration that someone will do something. Very simple. A promise is a declaration, someone telling you that they're going to do what they said they're going to do, right? And then here's the thing I want us to look at. Who is the source of these promises? See, if I get a promise from someone or I make a promise to someone, I'm just a person, right? But we want to walk in integrity. We want to keep the things that we say. We want our yeses to be yeses and our noes to be noes. And, and the Holy Spirit wants us to realize that God, in who he is, in all that he is, is the absolute author of truth. And so he does not lie. Isn't that what his word said? He said he's a man that he would not lie, that he should not lie. He is that person. 
And so when God says this through the Holy Spirit to Peter, he says this, that you have precious promises, great precious promises. Look at your neighbor and say, I have amazing promises for my life. Really. You do. You have amazing promises for your life. And God wants you to know that he's the author of those things. He's the author and the finisher of our faith, but he's the author of the promise that you've been given. And some of us look at the promise and say, that promise is dead. Well, I'm telling you not. It's not. It only dies if you let it die. And sometimes he moves things and shifts things, and maybe that promise doesn't apply to that season anymore. Hello. And so this is what I want us to understand is that we need to get plugged into the source. And when we're plugged into the source, that's how we receive the fullness of the promise. I can't receive the fullness of a promise if I'm plugged outside of the source. If I leave this, even if I don't use it for a long time, it's going to die. Right? It's just going to die. It won't be plugged in. I won't be able to get any information. I won't be able to make any phone calls. I'll have no communication. But I'm telling you, when the Lord tells us that he wants us to be plugged into the source, he really means it. So there's just a few things about being plugged in. How do we receive it? You have to believe the source of the promise. Number one, you have to believe the source of the promise. Romans 4, 21 says this, being fully convinced. Talking about Abraham, that he was fully convinced that what was promised, he was also able to perform. And here's the thing. When we look at God, sometimes we think it's dependent upon us. Yes. But it's in your weakness that he's made strong. Right? It's in your inability to do something or to get someplace or to actually believe for something that you can't, it's not within yourself because faith doesn't come from you, it comes from Him. Because He's the author and the finisher of our faith, right? He's the one that, when we have faith, right? It's faith pleases God. But it can only come real faith through God. I'm telling you, you can't manifest it, you can't speak it, you can't declare it. Although those things are good. We want to declare the word, we want to put, come on, all those things we want to do. But I'm telling you that God is wanting us to come into a place where we fully engage God because we are convinced of the one who said it, that it will come to pass. And the only way you become convinced of that is you have to know the person. Right, because if I tell my children something or my wife something, they know me. So either that's going to come to pass or it's not going to come to pass. They know the conditions. They know the person. And so here's the thing. It doesn't matter about your conditions. With God, it doesn't matter what the conditions look like. Because he's the one that does the impossible. We have to be fully convinced. We have to absolutely be fully, as another translation puts it, persuaded. And the Lord's wanting us to receive something of persuasion, that we receive the place that we are persuaded. We sit in that place when we're plugged in and we see him and we speak to him. That God's able to do the things that we never believed he could do.
we have to make known that, number two, we have to know that it's not in our strength. Right? We have this nice refrigerator verse. Right? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love it. But it's become cliche. And we don't believe it because it's just something that we always say. Hello. And the truth is that Christ inside of you has more power to perform something even outside. We have the, we have the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us that helps to empower us to do something, but we have the sovereignty and the grace of God around us that's moving things and moving situations and blocking things so that we can see the fullness of what he said and we can step into it. Because only he can open doors supernaturally. It's only him that can open the door. And you can't go to the door and open it because it won't work like that. Because it's so funny. You can watch people who try and Come on, gain position, gain favor, doing it through their own works, through their own striving, through their own manipulation, through the own things that they do to get themselves positioned to try and get a promise. But the heart is in the wrong place. Right? And so God wants, to, wants that to be washed out of the church. Do you know that? He wants all wrong motives blown away. Come on, if I could just baptize you once with a, a, a wrong motive baptism, just. Come on, we all need it. I need it. Like when I, when I first got into ministry, I had all kinds of ideas of how it was all going to work. Right? Like you had this, you know, it'll go this way and we'll take the stepping stones here and then I'll be an associate, I'll be a youth pastor and then I'll be an associate pastor and then I'll. And God says, ah. He can do whatever he wants. You understand? And so in his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Right? Paul said that. It was his strength, God's strength that was made per perfect in, in Paul's weakness. So number three, easy, follow the Jesus model. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. One, 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 one. It's like one of the shortest verses in the Bible. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. What was Paul saying? Paul was just saying this. Listen, how did he even imitate Christ? He wasn't with Christ, was he? Oh. No, you're wrong. Because it says that he was off in Arabia for three years and he had an encounter with Jesus. And that's the only way that how Paul and Peter got to be the big honchos. Come on. They were the big apostles. Someone says, well, what apostles bigger than the other apostles? The ones who have authority, the ones who have been walking with Jesus, the ones who know the heart of the Lord. Right? And so how did Peter, because they said only apostle could come by, they had, an encounter, they had walked with Jesus. And even today, they're still the same. Apostolic ministry can't come unless you encounter Jesus, unless you spend time with Jesus, unless you live a life with an encounter with Jesus. And then another sign of an apostle is, I wasn't even supposed to get into this, signs and wonders follow. 
says it clearly in Scripture. So there's things that we, come on, God wants us to abide by. So here we go. Jesus is the model. How many know that? What's the first thing about Jesus? Humility. Ah, Jesus was humble. He was a servant. He gave his life, right? So that the power of God would be absolutely manifest in your life. That resurrection life would come. If he didn't die and be resurrected again, we wouldn't be sitting here. And so the power and the presence of God comes through humility. Humility comes before the Proverbs say honor. So until we learn a life of humility and putting others before us, see, here's where we miss it. And I was going to do a whole series on this dysfunctional church, but it's not like a real edifying thing to start with a title, is it? Because we want to function well. So I just figured I'd call it plugged in. Come on. Because we want to function. You can't function unless you're plugged in. You can't function. And there's so much dysfunctional, weird stuff going on, right? I know, I'm not blasting, I'm not kicking the church, because I love the church, and I believe that God's called this glorious church to rise up. Not just this church, the corporate body. I'm talking about the whole deal, that the corporate body is supposed to rise up, and God's supposed to bring the kingdom through the church, who he ordained, because you're a royal priesthood, a chosen people. Come on. A marked out generation. And so humility, humility, if we are not humble, if we don't put honor for people ahead of us, right? Romans 12, I can give you a thousand scriptures, but the whole sermon wasn't going to be on humility. Humility is, is a necessity that we can walk in the truth of the gospel. And I can be up here and ready my point number two on this is going to be confidence. Because we can have humility and confidence and still walk the, the right path. Are you understanding? Confidence and boldness doesn't mean that you're arrogant and prideful. But humility and confidence put together is powerful. And the church, all of us need to walk in a place where we're confident we know what God has done in us. But we're humbled to know that Jesus Christ did everything before us and that we can't push our way into something and we can't even make something happen and we can't be presumptuous to see that all of a sudden you're trying to overdo things, trying to build businesses before they're ready. You need to know, we talked about this before, times and seasons for everything. And that's where humility comes in, where we, we step back and we can hear the voice of God. Because when I can hear him, when I can listen to his heartbeat, when I know the secret things that he's saying, that I know the right timing and I don't go out ahead and I don't go out of, here's the word, presumption. And God's trying to pull us into a place where we're not presuming, but we're living out of a life of humility and then we move in the confidence because we know we heard from God. And when God speaks, he releases a grace to walk in confidence. It's so true. And sometimes, and I don't say, don't walk in humility, that means fear. That doesn't mean we wait and we wait and we wait and we wait, and it's never a good time. God has timing, and he wants us to move in the timing. But he wants you to move. He never called you to stay put. 
He calls us to seasons of waiting. Because <laughs> I, I, I said, I spoke a word about waiting, and everyone was like, well, maybe I should wait. I'm like, no, I'm just talking about seasons of waiting so you can hear. You can't just take and grab one. <laughs> the church is famous for it. We grab one truth and we run with it. And then we build a whole theology on it. And God wants us to be so, so confident of what he speaks in the quiet place, in the secret place. And so when we're plugged into that, come on, it's awesome because he's going to speak. And it says, humble yourself before God. Humble yourself before God. When we go to him in, in humility, I'm telling you, he doesn't like a haughty spirit. I can give you a, a bunch of scripture. He hates, he hates pride. I'm sorry. But Lucifer was filled with pride. And so if we look at, like, original sin and all the, all the stems and all the things that come, you, you know, it all came from, boom, the serpent, pride. And the last thing, dependence. We have to be dependent upon him. Ready? We live in a society that's very codependent. A lot of the church, we go with codependency. There's all kinds of codependent stuff. What does that mean? I'm talking about being freely given to dependency upon God and God alone. And we trust those around us that they can confirm and when they can release and they can give us wisdom. And that's what we're going to talk about in the, in the coming weeks is about community. Because when you have community and you have people you walk with and you have people that, that come on, love you and want to release life to you and, come on, want to give you wisdom and glory and power and want to see you increase in all those things. I'm, calling, I'm saying, yeah, we're releasing you into walking in power and glory and wisdom. Come on. It doesn't even come from here. It comes from God alone. Okay? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to do that, and he wants us to live in community to do that. But we need to be dependent upon the Father. We need to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. We need to be de dependent upon the counsel of God. See what happens? Sorry, I'm having trouble with the connection. That's what happens. We lose our signal. <laughs> Talking about the power of God, Micah 3.8. Truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and of justice and might. God wants to release justice and might. Fill the church full of power. Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. We know all these, right? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses. What will happen? You'll be dependent. And that was the thing. They gave themselves over to a 10-day direction, directive, directive from the Lord. 10 days. The Lord said, go, tarry, wait. Till what? Power comes from on high. That means you got to believe the one who said that because you walked with him for three years. And now you're going to go wait. Yes, wait. Goes back to wait and get counsel. And then when counsel comes, it comes as the Holy Ghost and releases a lot of power, a lot of anointing, a lot of grace, right? 
And then 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, and my speech was not with, and my speech and my preaching was not with persuasive words or human wisdom, but in demonstration of the power and of the Spirit of God, that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Going back to humility, we need to understand that our strength doesn't come from God, that He wants to release power and lots of power. But when we're humble and we allow the Lord to come in and we don't lift ourselves in pride and presumption, God releases great, great power, I promise you. And so there's three characteristics of God's power that I'm going to talk about right now, and then we'll end. So the first thing is that the power of God is dependable. Are you hearing me? Faithfulness. God is faithful. He's dependable. When he speaks something, it will come to pass. When you pray for the sick, healing should happen. We're not looking for more symptoms. We're looking for healing. Hello. Come on. He's faithful. And that's part of his character. And he's never early. And he's never late. How many know that about God? I almost don't love that about God. How many know that? Really? Because it always comes down to the wire. God, are you going to show up right about now? Like right at the moment? Like we need you now. Like the children of Israel get to the Red Sea and the armies are coming behind. Like now would be a good time. Can you put the, you know, Moses, and then he waits for the word. Stretch forth the rod. Boom. And the sea's open. And the passageway's there. It's all throughout Scripture. He's always just on time. But he's dependable. You can always bank on it because he's God. Right? 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such that is common to man. But God, who is faithful will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but your temptation will also make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. So that's so good, right? Because we think, God, you're not going to get me through this. It's always going to come down to the wire. Yes, but he's going to always leave an open door. He's going to do it. Next thing, the power of God is tangible. How many know that the power of God is tangible? I've been up here. I've been in different places. Come on. And I can tell you this, and I'm talking about experience tonight now. All of a sudden, come on, I started with experience. But God comes in a tangible way. God wants you to be touched by him. And whether it's when he showed up to part the Red Sea, or how about this? He showed up at Solomon's temple and no one was able to, come on. The glory of God was so thick that the priests weren't able to stand. That's the tangible presence. Or when Jesus went into the, to the streets and, come on, the woman with the issue of blood. 
And I can give you tons of my own testimonies of where God, I've just felt God's presence, whether it was doing absolutely nothing. I didn't see one person healed, but his presence was tangible on my body. Not that we didn't pray for the sick, but I've seen so many things like God heals hundreds of sick people and set people free. He's the real deal. It's tangible. You can touch it. When the anointing's in the room, I've seen it in this place, that it's been so thick and glorious that you could almost touch it. A tangible anointing. And the third thing was the power of God is available. <laughs> and he calls every new generation to be filled with new wine. And he calls the old generation to be filled with new wine. Come on, he's looking to touch a generation. Habakkuk chapter 3 and verse 3 said, God came from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran, and his glory covered the heavens, and his earth was full of and the earth was full of praise, and his brightness was like the light, and he had rays flashing from his hand, where his and there his power was hidden. And so God wants us to realize this, that God has tangible anointing and it's available whenever you ask. The problem is we're not asking. And some of the church is asking, some of the church isn't asking. And let it be that this whole entire church, the, the region, begins to ask and cry out. And we can't, oh, listen, we've got prayer movements, and I love the prayer movement. But we can only pray so much. I love it. It breaks through. It makes the way. But you can only pray so much. And then you got to go. You got to go be. You got to go be Jesus to people. You got to begin to move. And Jesus becomes real because you can pray and pray and pray. And maybe he'll show up. And he, he will show up. But I'm just saying God wants to be tangible in the life of a believer. He wants to be available in the life of a believer. He wants to be dependable in the life of a believer. And number four, community. Community needs to reveal Christ. A community, a body of believers needs to reveal Christ. Psalm 133, ready? You know the psalm, if, you, if you've been around the word at all. It says, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron running down the edges of his garment. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. And I want to just look at a couple things because we so much need community. We need community to gather, and that's why we do some of the, that's why we're doing the life groups. That's why we're doing the women's group. That's why we're doing the men's group because I think we all need to, you know, get apart from each other too because the, the oil is always in the cluster. 
Do you understand that? When you gather, even here, like tonight, the oil is in the cluster. When we gather together, the new wine is in the cluster, I meant to say. Because you can't have wine unless you smash up a bunch of grapes, right? And we don't want the enemy coming in and the the foxes to spoil the vine. Come on. And so what happens is the Lord is wanting to open up a whole new realm of community, really, that we do life together. And it's not just talking about a new program and doing something else because it's if we need stuff to do. Are you hearing me? No, we need authentic community. And we need authentic discipleship. And we need really people to come together so that we can walk together and learn together and talk together. And really, there's so many questions that people have that they don't even say because when you're in this all the time, there's no Q&A, right? And so the Lord is going to do this. And I believe that this is going to be something powerful. And, and it says this. It's like the oil, the precious oil upon the head. And when they anointed the priesthood, the oil was used, right? And it was speaking of the priesthood. First Peter 2.9 says, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, so that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And I just want to say this. It's not only for the priesthood, it's for kingship. Because it says this in the Bible, that when Saul was anointed, he was anointed with the horn of oil. David was anointed with a horn of oil. And so we need to realize this, that we are both priests and kings. Ladies, you're priests and kings. I know, we're brides. It's so, right? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that he's given you kingship so that you walk in authority, that you walk. You're able to, to speak to things and absolutely overcome all darkness. Right? And the priesthood just does this ministry before the Lord. See, we have to do the ministry before the Lord before we walk in authority. Right? And then there's something about the dew. Can I just talk to you about dew <laughs> and not mountain dew? <laughs> dew shows up every morning unconditionally. Where I got this from, but it's always there. Doesn't matter if you have no rain, there's always dew. And it's always a blessing. It sustains, it brings gentle nourishment. What happens when we're together and we're walking in in community? That there's always dew. Whether or not we pay attention to it. It's always there. The dew is always there, regardless. And so however long you've ignored the dew, really, because we do, we ignore it. We don't notice it. I notice it because it's always messing with my stuff. Outside. When When I'm working outside, I notice it's always there because it's always messing with my my masonry stuff, all the things that I do, the equipment, it's always all over everything. And you just don't notice, right, until you're aware of it. And so we need to be aware of the do. And what happens is when we come in community, we realize this, that God is lightly nourishing, come on, through someone 
through one another. And the problem is what happens with community is we get annoyed with one another. Yeah. That's what happens. That what, that's what bursts the bubble. That's what bursts the honeymoon every time. You get into an argument. And what happens is we all of a sudden want to split ways and part ways, right? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to be in this place of unity, right? Not just for unity's sake, but he wants true uni unity and true community. Because what happens is when you're with family, right, I can't, I have to live with them. Come on. I have to live with them, right? Those who are your family, you have to live with. And so God wants to put together a family of God that you can trust one another. Hello. Because you got to be able to trust one another. you got to be able to walk in the, in the fullness of, of what God's calling you to in the level of trust. Right? And so God wants us to put, help one another to be putting one another first. Uh-oh. If you read, because I started reading through all this stuff with Paul, Paul and community, and it's all about putting the others first. The picture of marriage. You're supposed to put the other one first. That's how problems happen. You start taking a stand. Come on, you start digging your heels in. Start getting stubborn. Right? And so the Holy Spirit wants us to really grab hold of this. So whether we pay attention to the do or not, the do is there and the oil is there. And God wants us to be sustained in the little things. You hear me? In the little things. And so tonight I just want to talk, just want to pray for the source, come on, to come down. We just want a fresh touch from the source, and we want to stay plugged in. Because God wants his power to be dependable in your life. Always dependable, right? He wants you to be sustained by that. He doesn't want to change that. So let's stand. just going to ask the Lord to release just a tangible presence tonight for all of us in a new way in a fresh way okay How many want to function in full capacity? Really? I mean, you want to function in full capacity. You don't want to function below. And so all of us will 
I'm just going to ask the Lord to just drop something on us tonight that we will really receive from Him. Like I said, it's really about community. It's about the together right now as we engage. So, Father, I thank you. Thank you for your love. I thank you for your presence. And, Lord, I, I ask right now that you'd help every one of us to fully function with you, God. That's my prayer tonight. That, Lord, we'd fully function right now, today, tomorrow, and the next day. Functioning in the fullness of who you are. And functioning in all the things that you've put inside of us. All the gifts, all the talents, all the creativity. God, we ask that you just release that. That we wouldn't be settling for for life without you and trying to function on a low low battery. So Lord, I ask tonight, Lord, that you just breathe. You'd breathe into us. life of God. Lord, you'd breathe into us fresh vision. And Lord, you'd breathe into us the ability to sustain that. So we just declare all functionality of every gift and talent in this room. Lord, I just declare that we'd pull ourselves closer to you in such a way. I thank you that we'll be dependent. Upon you, you're the king. So we love you, God, tonight. We thank you. Move us into a whole new place.